0: Hey, welcome back to Film Festival Reviews, a place where filmmakers and film lovers stop by and listen in on what's happening in and around the film festival circuit worldwide. This is Christina Kotler, your host, and I'm just amazed at how my website, FilmFestivalReviews.com and podcast is being found by film festivals that... I haven't heard about or had access to until they write me and say, Hey, found you, and we'd like to be listed on your site, and we'll jump on your Facebook page. I love a film festival marketing and promotions team that's thinking ahead. So I'm mentioning here the Charleston Film Festival in South Carolina, that uh, happened just recently, April 23rd through 26th, encompassing indie feature shorts, docs, and animations, and horror films. It's scheduled for next year, April 1st through the 4th, 2010. You always need to um, find a festival that is always looking forward, so uh, filmmakers who are interested, take a look at this one because... When you have a good organization team behind it, it always turns out to be a good festival to show your film at. Another festival that's coming up, Silver Docs, preeminent documentary film festival in the U.S. coming up June 15th through 22nd in Silver Spring, Maryland. I was there when Silver Docs really started up, and I was a screener for Silver Docs. So it's a wonderful documentary film festival. The people that put so much time, effort into it, Pat Finneran, Amy King, and Jody Arlington, who's still there, and Sky Sydney, who's now the festival director. It's just an excellent source for the best documentaries coming up on the radar screen. Since my last show was all about music, highlighting Grupo Yuri at the Red Bank Jazz and Blues Festival, it's not such a stray from the indie film festival as one would like South by Southwest has grown from a small music festival into this huge regional blend of music and all aspects of art and business of independent filmmaking. And in this show, Improv Part 2, with Yuri Turchin of Grupo Yuri, we'll hear the connection between artists and the aspects of music making for the program and our soundtrack, with Yuri getting into the heart of the matter. While we're there, we'll hear a few more cuts from his wonderful CD that has sold out after the Jazz and Blues Festival went streaming live over the course of the weekend. Have no fear. More CDs will be made available through GrupoYuri.com. Enjoy the show. What's
1: Technology hinders and helps. There's negatives and positives to everything. It's a learning how to yin and yang it, how to balance it. To bring it back to focus on what I'm doing is you get what you can afford, you work with what you have, and you do the best you can by listening to how and comparing your stuff to other people's, you know. I can't say that I'm a proficient enough recordist engineer to say that I'm on a level of the professional you know, you have $5,000 mics, like Sennheiser's or uh, Neumann's or stuff like that. You work within your budget. You try to do what you can. I was always hoping that it would be somebody that had ears enough to say, hey, I like this. Let's hire him. Let's do this or find a.
0: It's got to be more than that. Now. But it's,
1: you know, having come from a, you know, semi-literate classical background, you know, as I really wasn't a good student. I mean, I really hated the violin. It was only because my father said, or my mother said, Yuba uh, plays the piano, what do you want to play? And I didn't want to play what she played. And the only opportunity, the other opportunity was uh, violin. But for some reason, I didn't take to it. Kids used to make fun of me in school, so I p- tried playing it. You know, I picked up the guitar, I tried to learn saxophone. Sax was too loud. So I ended up playing, but then years later, I, one thing that got me come back to this was after college, because I quit completely, and I, after college, I heard a song by um, Cat Stevens in New York at somebody's apartment, and it was a violin part on it. The song was Lisa, Lisa. Lisa, Lisa, yes. Oh. It was so beautiful. I said, wow, I could do that. And that's what got me started. And then I met Jerry and Andy in a parking lot in,
0: uh, yeah, it's a great album. album.
1: Scout Jamboree in 1972, they were singing in a parking lot, Jerry and Andy, and it sounded so great. From a distance, they're singing some Eagle song that I never knew who the Eagles were. I came up to them and I said, hey, can I jam with you guys? And that's beginning a Kinderhook, which, you know, got me into that genre. And I started playing, and all that stuff, but it wasn't part of me. It was, I'm, not a, I'm not a country boy. I'm a city guy. Plaintiff, minor keys is my big deal. And I love Spanish music. I love the rhythms of Spanish music. But that journey between that and this was a long one and took a lot of side work. Side. I went into Irish music, I went into jazz standards. And that's when I really started learning what it was like to play. Jazz and stuff like that, and uh, it's a really intense study. I don't think I'm a great jazz player. There's a lot to learn. Did you see the movie The Visitor? No. You should watch that. It's about the drumming, the
0: drummers that, that come in, and uh, you really get involved in that. And then that could be something that inspires you, as right. you say. You went to a party to meet someone. Here you go to a movie, and you're, like I'm ready to
1: listen to this kind of music. Oh, that' true. That well, I do that. I always listen to soundtracks. I love soundtracks. When you listen to some of the the soundtracks that are accompanying the, the video of a, let's say a an expedition down the Nile, the music was incredible. But it was modernized in an from its African roots. I mean the rhythms were there. And I know a lot of these cats that write this stuff aren't really in the genre or of the culture. Every writer like Dmitry Tiomkin is one of the greatest film scorers, orchestrators that ever lived Elmer Bernstein Jerry Goldsmith Uh, you know you can write run down the gamut and I don't know all of them but they themselves say in order for me to get the feel of that uh, movie or the the themes or the for the characters they go and listen to the music they listen to the sources you don't have to be that person what about music is so global just like the world is global is that you are so instantly connected and scores make a big difference in how you set the mood for the tone for the movie This
0: so, is very good information for the independent oh, filmmakers who are looking for exactly. soundtrack
1: well here for that oh, for good. my
0: website good, good. Uh, for film festival right. reviews and uh, I'm, I have a separate segment on independent soundtrack music
1: Believe me there's some we there could there talk is, about this there's more some great players I mean, I'm saying great writers When I watched that traveling down a Nile the soundtrack was awesome. It was, I know, and I know it was sampled because I, some of the samples I recognize because I have them, the drumming samples of African beats. Because African music is like very 6 8 oriented. Almost like an Irish beat, but more bush. In other words, uh, the African element of it, the beautiful landscapes that you see in here. that music is all reflective of what you see, the voices, and they're very choral too. If you listen to African, South African music, the singing is all very choral, and uh, call and response. You have, just like Baptist or the um, blacks here do their gospel music. There's, all the roots are from there. that came here, and then they get, just grew into a totally different thing. Blue Delta blues, Chicago blues, Kansas City blues. All this stuff started from slavery. The drumming, all this drumming, because they weren't allowed to play drums uh, on their own. That's why they developed the kit. Or every climate region of Africa, say there's a savanna, there's not a lot of wood, so they use reed instruments. Where there's wood, they use logs and stuff. There are terms like that in musicology, but I'm not versed enough to say that's you know a certain genre
0: So tell me what what should we play here uh, okay. from this uh, okay. CD Okay um
1: there are okay this one Bengala was written in a in sort of an African type of theme Fresh Grass has a Mozambique African type of theme uh Nightingales more latinish
0: that I did hear off your website reminded me of the soundtrack from chocolate
1: oh yeah okay
0: that's so, uh, because that was used throughout mm-hmm. so well
1: it's Django it's more of that genre of where Django Reinhardt and Stefan Grappelli used to play the hot hot uh, Quintet of Paris or something. It was a hot jazz I don't know. I'm not, I am not. don't remember Chocolat's uh, soundtrack that well, but I'll go back and listen to it. And then
0: there was a show a, a long time ago. It was a cable show. And it was about this girl in New York City or whatever, but they had this violin background mm-hmm. throughout for the opening and then throughout the, uh, the show itself and then mm-hmm. the close that I found very compelling for me to turn the show on.
1: Cool. Cool. Even
0: though the show wasn't that but that great, did, but the music did.
1: The violin was invented really in Arab countries. They play this way, as if it was a cello. And it's in, in microtones, you know. They don't have semitones, like we have a certain half-step chromatic 12-tone scale or a diatonic scale, which is the 8-tone scale. Um, but other regions use even smaller intervals which we're not used to playing. I couldn't play you a microtone on here because I wouldn't know how. But they have a certain way of playing that's totally different. Indians, like Shankar, plays violin like this. I mean, if you were to study every region's, the beginnings of their, their musical instruments, how it was formed, who made it, how did it develop. Stradivarius went out of fashion for a long time because hands changed. The, um, the length of your hand changed because they used to be smaller and the necks were smaller. So one guy decided one day that he would saw this part off and put a longer neck to adapt to the human uh, hand better and they came back in fashion. He bought up all the strads from all the monasteries that were in uh, in Europe, and you know, all of a sudden Strad became a valuable entity. But had he not done that, what would have happened to all those instruments, you know?
0: They'd be hanging on the walls.
1: Well, they would have rotted or just, you know, gone out of existence. Well, this is an electric violin, first of all. You know, this all the sound comes from plugging it in, and the pickups are built under each string. Uh, there's an individual pickup under each string. You know, I also the... use five rather than four, and it gives me a viola sound lower uh, register. There are violins that are six, seven, eight strings. There are sympathetic attachments like 12-string guitar, the ring it has is because the strings are in octaves, some of them, and it has that timbre of fundamentals from high to low in octaves, and all the riching all the enriched fundamentals and transient sounds. But great fiddle players, no matter what. I mean, it's in hard, one of the harder instruments to play because it's not fretted. You have to really, you know, have good intonation and hearing. And it takes a lot of practice to play it, you know, and play it well. performance is different whether it's the circumstance or the weather or you're feeling differently or you're not together or you are so together that it becomes one person playing in a jazz band it's all about improvisation anyway so
0: you never know what somebody else is going to be doing and see how you can yeah integrate with that and and come in and i I love that
1: so i'm i'm looking tremendously looking forward to it unfortunately this
0: yeah, a has, slight accident, landscaping a, accident. Yeah, but that's okay. We're not going to talk gonna about gonna that because I think this is good. I think this is good for a couple of shows. What's up to you? you? Know? I well, could definitely. keep yakking
1: away. I mean, there's for myself speaking only. Uh, I'm not a very big self aggrand. I don't go out there and trumpet myself. And you have to. You have to have an ego. You have to have marketing skills. You have to be both not boastful so much, but scene you got to go to the hire somebody to
0: do that for me
1: well that's it that's what i would love to do
0: okay this conversation could go on and on and i wouldn't get tired of hearing about it keeps you know just Very cool stuff that uh, we were talking about, anyway. uh, More to come, especially about Kinderhook past. Really, that is not buried, and in fact, there are plans for another Kinderhook Creek reunion coming up in the fall. So, stay tuned, and keep an eye out and an ear to the ground for what's going to be coming up. Check in at filmfestivalreviews.com for more updates on film festivals, blogs, and tweets. And we're going out with a most sensual ending, Heart of a Woman Part 2. Yes, it is raining out. It's been raining all week, and it's late night right now, and it's still raining. So until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.
1: The wonderful thing about anything in life is that when you're, you're walking around, you happen to bump into something you never would have foreseen happening in your life, to you have no control over it. You can call it destiny, or you can call it circumstance, whichever one you want. I don't particularly believe fate has anything to do with it, because
0: For me, it's a convergence it's a of- a consilience of, of things.
1: You know? yeah. A convergence is of- good. roads. It's the same thing.
0: You know what? That road kind of comes back, and I get
1: back on it. You know, I've sidetracked myself in any <laughs> again anytime you're in any kind of player, singer, performer you're constantly looking for a home better yourself with the craft and move forward that's, that's all my juncture
0: uh, that's excellent thank you thank you you're <laughs>